Welcome to the Spark to Your Success. My name's TJ Dow and I believe we all have a bright spark inside. When you find yours and light it up, not only do you light up inside, and that feels amazing, you light up the world around you, allowing other people to feel amazing, and you light up the path before you, giving you the vision and direction of where you want to go. You can see clearly what's the right path. The Spark to Your Success podcasts are designed to give you a little bit of inspiration, a whole heap of insight and some positivity to your day. And today's episode is definitely going to bring all of those those three things to you. Today, this episode for the young and younger heart is heartwarming, inspiring, amazing. What am I ranting and raving about? The interview that you're just about to hear uh, with a mother and son, uh, Josie and Tyler, who were clients of mine just a couple of years ago. It's great to catch up with them to find out how has life been since they went through some coaching uh, with the Ignition Programme and back on track teens. So I'll let you enjoy, be inspired, take a few notes. I'll see you on the other side. Tyler at the time was 13 and trying to get through school. Um, very conscientious young man who puts himself under an immense amount of pressure. Um, mm-hmm. Was struggling with a few kids in school as well yeah. who, you know, were just be- not being very kind. And it was taking its toll on him in the sense that, you know, he'd question everything and Tyler did go through a really deep, dark time. Um, he'd lost yeah. his best friend, sadly. He passed away. He uh, was just going through a real tough time getting ready for GCSEs. He was 14 then. Um, and I think girls that come into play and knock his confidence completely. <laughs> I think that's kind of fair yeah, to say. And I think that was the last resort for you, wasn't it? Yeah. I think that just knocked your confidence yeah. completely. And we knew he wasn't right, and we tried to have conversations with him, but you just weren't speaking up. Um, you were talking a lot about change, how a lot of change is happening, and you couldn't cope with that. Yeah. And then um, just one evening, he said he was meeting a friend. He just left the house, said he was meeting a friend, and then came back about two hours later um, and went upstairs in his room, and we kind of just left him to it. And then he came downstairs and was like, look, you're not right. Can we have a chat? And he just then opened up and said, I didn't meet my friend. I went into the fields and I wanted to try and, um, sorry. And I wanted to just try and um, kill myself. Now, I know that there wasn't, I know, part of, in my heart. There's no way that I could have. Yeah, in my heart, I I don't think he would have ever have taken it that far. But the fact that he was so desperate and it entertained his head and he acted upon it. The fear there was that, you know, things could get extremely worse. Even if he does deal with it, that could still come and haunt him as he get becomes an adult. And then, you know, different pressures arise. And it's and for me, it was kind of the first thing. In fact, we talked about TJ a bit, hadn't we? I said, look, you really do need to meet TJ. I really want you to meet him. And he just wasn't ready. And I think at that point when we said, look, you know, maybe it's now time to meet TJ, that he just went, yeah. Yeah, I need to meet her. So I think um, for us as parents, it was just kind of wanting him to maybe get some support and just have some help 
away from mum and dad and the house and because you do get frustrated and we probably did shout at him more than we needed to through frustration you, you know but um so he just needed that independent guidance from um from the miracle worker tyler they were 14 coming to see me so tell us from your point of view so we've heard from your mom kind of what led up to that but tell us from your point of view um how you were feeling and and why you came to see me and how it helped tell us a little bit about your journey from like the start of high school i think it just all began to build up from then i think as soon as you like considered like a teenager 13 you think of the, you don't think of like here's a normal day you just see the teen at the end and you realize you're a teenager and going into being like having high school you come from a place where you kind of like looked after in primary school to high school which is a big leap and i think at the time i didn't realize how much of a leap it was i just think so much changed going into high school and i don't think i was ready for it so year seven was a great year because obviously they get used to what high school's like and you hear that it's like this big scary place where you do even harder stuff than what you do at primary school and at the time i was like oh i can do this i was like i think it didn't really affect me at the start at the start i was eager and i, and I actually wanted to see change because i was so bored of just being at the same primary school seeing the same 30 people same friends as i normally do i wanted to like open my like my view onto like what normal life is like getting to see all these people people who are older people who are younger all the time and having like new experiences in a different place that I was unfamiliar with but after like a year everything just started to get a lot more difficult obviously you're doing GCSEs by year nine and they're getting you prepared as much as they like to say that it's easier with year seven and eight. For someone who's in year seven and eight, it seems like the hardest thing ever, especially with someone like me who tries to push myself as much as I could. But I'd put myself under so much stress in year eight because I knew in year seven, I didn't really do much. I thought the teachers would guide me. And if I don't get my own weights done, I don't get my own weights done. But I think I had like, in year eight, it was like getting told by my parents that you need to do your own weights, you need to actually do something you can't just sit around and just expect the teachers to do it all for you by year eight and year nine you're like realizing oh i'm actually doing gcse's and it's and i think i just struggled to understand the change i saw everyone else do it and it looked from their opinion that it was so easy to deal with change and it was so easy to deal with daily routine of doing your homework coming home instantly going into getting all your stuff done it looking back at it now it was like an hour of homework that i needed to do at home but for me with that change from primary school i was like this is so horrible why are they setting me an hour but now looking back at it going to college and getting 18 hours of homework i'm like that was really nothing i was very lucky and at the time it was just struggling with the change like i think i've just said that five times already but that was the main aspect and then because obviously you're struggling with the change, if you, I'll, I'll get really emotional. It's a time where you explain it to me, TJ. You, you're a teenager and you, you, you've got hormones. You're like you're not you're not meant to bottle it in. And I think because I saw everyone else in high school, you like to be like the the cool dude who doesn't show their emotions or they go about things a certain way. And at that moment in time, I think I wanted to fit in. I wanted to like follow what everyone else was doing because I thought maybe that would lead me down the right path. Maybe I'd be able to just carry on being 
adequate and being normal so they make me feel good you know like so I wouldn't have to worry about the pressures of doing homework because I thought oh everyone else doesn't do it I won't do it and like I'd beat myself up about it after I didn't do it and I'm like oh why am I doing this and then with uh, year nine and GCSEs coming around the corner and everything getting a lot harder from year seven and year eight that was a, that was that was a big uh, kick up the bum because I realised that all the stuff that I've been doing is completely wrong and then that's even a lot more of a change because that's like a mega change because all the other ones before even though they seemed hard like now you're looking at this and you're like well what am I going to do here now because I've got I've just got myself into a bad habit of how I look at everything and I just needed someone like you who I didn't realize at the time I could get help like that but I was in like a dark place because I just didn't know what to do you you my perspective at that point was like, well, it's not going to get any better. It's just going to deteriorate. And I could, I was so far from the truth, but in that moment in time, you're not, you're not really thinking about that. You just let the emotions eat you up. And obviously it wasn't having a good impact, me being so negative on my parents. They didn't have a clue what was going on with me. And it just felt like the pressure just kept getting more and more just out of control and out and like being stable came so much more out of reach because I just didn't I genuinely didn't have a clue what to do it was like it was like I was thrown in the unknown everyone else was dealing with it okay and you don't know what everyone else is dealing with it like but I just compare myself to everyone else thinking that they had everything under control but it, everyone's in the same boat and I, it just feel you just feel so isolated I think at that age I just as much as I as I knew that this is high school and this is this is what it's going to be like for the next three years at year nine I was like I don't want to do this anymore and obviously you can't just drop out of high school so I thought this, I just didn't know what and to I do. And I do remember when you first came those first one or two sessions of you saying like I've stopped talking to my mum and dad because I don't we I don't know what to say and I don't want to burden them with it you know you are well when we did the ignition profiling um, you came out as an ambassador profile. That's somebody who's got a lot of people, people. <laughs> Loves to be around people, but it's a combination of exuberant and sensational fuel. So that means it's not just he likes to be around people. He's really thoughtful and caring and cares about people. You know, will put people first. It's second nature to want people to feel looked after, valued, uh, and to you know smooth everything over so of course you would be thinking I don't want to burden my parents uh, and I remember that there was a few kind of relationship things going on um, you'd obviously as your mum said you know I'd lost a good friend there were some things that your other fr friendship group were doing that you didn't really like but you didn't know what to do about that and then of course there was the whole girls thing that was the final straw so tell us a bit more about how you navigated through that as we met over a couple of sessions and got the understanding of comparing as despairing you know what's driving behaviors what's really going on and you don't have to fit in so tell us about that I thought that the way that could make it better was if I seem more mature and the only reason that I thought I could be more mature was because I've seen all the other people around me having like good relationships with each other being in good groups and they do stuff out like in the weekends whenever they want and I didn't really have a group of friends that I, I really went and did stuff on the weekends if anything I'd say I was more like I just stayed at home because I was just too scared and too anxious to go out and do something 
different with my life because I just wanted to just sail through it and see if it would just get any easier, you know. So at that point, I just felt like I wanted to become more mature at year nine. The only way I thought I could do that was probably by try and get a girlfriend, try and make my relationships with my friends a lot better. And I think the first thing that I focused on was getting a girlfriend, but I put that aside because I wanted to, because now it just sounds really stupid, but at that moment in time, you're just thinking, well, other people have girlfriends, maybe I'm mature enough for one, but really when you're in high school, if anything, it's just more of a, a waste of time. It's like, it just becomes a burden that you have to think about on top of all the other stuff that you're doing. And most of the time when you're having a relationship in high school, it doesn't really work out. And you think that you need it, but you you didn't. So I was trying to work on relationships with friends and some of the friends that my closest friends were hanging around with, because I'd say I had a group of around about 10, 12 friends that we'd all spend time in school. But then outside of school, we'd occasionally like talk on like social media and stuff like that. But it was basically three groups, but in one. And none of us like could really be brave enough to go, Luke, we don't want to be friends with you guys anymore. And instead, we just thought we'd bear with the idea that people can be horrible to each other and you're just friends, so you just deal with it. But for me, you someone who's so, like what you said about the fuels that I have, it was like, I felt like I wanted to make these people happy, but these people didn't want anything to do with me. So like, I'm kind of putting myself out there which is stupidly because they deserve to be with whoever they want to hang around with. But clearly it wasn't people like me because every time I tried to be nice to them or they'd see me be a bit more vulnerable, they'd take advantage of that and they'd say, they'd act, why would you do Why would you do the things you're doing? What are you doing, Tyler? This seems very out of character. I think that you're putting it on as a persona. This is a bit weird. Just carry on being normal like everyone else is in high school. And at that point, I thought, okay then time to like ignore them for a bit but then let's focus on me and maybe I'll find someone um, in a relationship with a girlfriend that will value me and see how special I am and how I'm how I'm mature at that time I wasn't really mature because I didn't know about how to deal with emotions but you try to think that you are because that's your way of coping with it that's your coping mechanism and um, at the time I met this person who I hadn't talked to for year seven year eight and I only talked to him at the start of year nine, and then we got on really well. Everything was going, like, amazing. It's like the honeymoon phase at the start. But then you start realising that you don't have things in common. There's certain things that you pick up and, like, yes, you have you had that connection at the start, but you can now see that, like, they like other boys, you know? They're comparing me, who's meant to be their boyfriend, to other people, where I'm one of those type of people who... Would not I wouldn't compare it. As soon as I had her as a girlfriend, I was just thinking of how to make her happy. But then the fact that she kept comparing me to others, that also added an extra weight on my shoulders and made me more anxious than ever because I'm getting compared to everyone in everyday life, whether that's being out in school, spending time with her in front of people, which was, for me, I'm anxious. Well, I'm not less so now, but at, at that moment in time, I was very anxious just going to school, going outside. I saw the, my house as a safe place where I couldn't be judged. I thought that being outside, everyone would just judge me every second of the day. And I just felt like I had eye, eyes 
peering at me whenever whenever they could when in reality everyone's got their own lives and they're dealing with their own things they're not judging you they're just if they look at you for one second that doesn't mean that they're, they're like thinking about how bad of a person you are like you might not even go into the mind you might just think oh yeah that's Tyler cool like but you just build it up in your head it's like a psychological thing and I kind of tripped myself to focus on relationships and focus on getting a girlfriend but it just wasn't a good thing and then after that after we had broken up I was in a bad place because I'd been like but what I thought it was all my fault I thought that she wasn't the reason because I, I was still in that mindset of I want to make people like me so I thought the only way I can make people like me is if go just agree with her and go yeah I'm the reason that it was all it was all my fault you can keep comparing me I need to be a different type of person I need to look a certain way I need to act a certain way when in reality it wasn't and I think that was like the the like the peak of when I was most anxious there was points where I just didn't want to go out like I'd I didn't want to tell my mum and dad about it but then there was a night where she told me that she didn't go out like she didn't like me anymore and at that time you're like whoa this is the end of the world but in reality just absolutely nothing now where I just felt like I had nothing, I had no control whatsoever. I had exams probably about two weeks from now, which I hadn't revised for because I just focused all my time into it, thinking that it'll be solved, that when the problem arise, arises, I'll just deal with it. It'll be like second second nature to me. And in reality, everything just felt like it was crumbling and then I just broke out to you, didn't I? Was, I there was a night where I just... I just shouted at mum and dad. I, I couldn't deal with it anymore because I had so many emotions that I had bottled up. I didn't talk to my mum and dad about how I felt about that girlfriend. I didn't talk to my mum and dad about what I was going through. So I just thought that at that moment when my mum offered me the help, well, not in the moment, but like after we had thought about ways to deal with it, when mum offered me the help saying that you could go and talk to someone like TJ who's got the knowledge and can show you how to deal with these things because this is normal within people's lives. Like, this isn't just an anomaly where Tyler's the only person you can't deal with change. A lot of people have this problem, and it's just different degrees. And at that moment, I just leaped at the chance to be able to get some help because I, everything just felt like... Like, if the life was a war, it just felt like it was crumbling down, and then whatever was... All the, like, the demons or, like any negative thoughts, any anxiety that was on the other side of that wall just came at me and I just didn't know what to do. I'd, I would be going to sleep thinking, right, this is it. I don't I don't want to wake up another day to deal with it. And then you'd wake up and then be like, okay, well, I don't have the motivation. You wouldn't have the motivation to even do things. So I think when mum gave me a chance to actually talk about it in terms to my like perspective on on my mental health and how I can deal with my emotions, I just leaped at it because it was probably the best thing that I, in, in, that I could do for myself. So you came and we talked and I taught you as we talked. <laughs> What's going on between your two ears? What is it? And head and heart? And we talked about its human needs and Bob and all those things that I've shared on the podcast uh, as well. So. What changed? What did you learn and how did that help you to make the changes you needed to make? What changed? Everything's changed. I'm not going to lie, TJ. Ever since I got the help from you and all the stuff that you taught me about Bob and how us as humans, we can think overthink things. Like We can only think about so many things in our head a second and 
instead of thinking about the positive things that I could be thinking about and thinking how I can do certain things, I would just flood all those all those thoughts that I can have a second with the negatives. And then because you're already thinking of the negatives, it's so easy to just repeat that process and constantly keep thinking about how I can't deal with stuff. So I think with all the teachings that you gave me, the most important one was the part about I need to start realising how important I am to myself and to other people that I should value. I don't need to be everyone's friend. I can just try to be nice to people, but I don't have to seek recognition from others that clearly don't want to give me recognition because they're just going through what they're dealing with. They're, they've got their entire lives that they're dealing independently. That They don't have to connect with me. As long as I'm just being nice to them and saying hello when they say hello to me, or if I'm just just being normal and just treating them with the respect that they deserve, I have nothing to worry about. And another thing that he showed me was obviously Bob. It made me realise how it's okay to have like like insecurities and anxiety. I'm not the only person who has insecurities and anxiety. It changed me because it made me realise that I can deal with it. Before, I didn't think that I could deal with it. I thought that it was a problem. I thought it was like a side effect of going to high school and that I've dropped out of high school, which you can't drop out of high school. This isn't like, like, like my younger brother always thinks that he's going to be able to drop out of high school. That is not, a, that is not like a thing you can do. Okay, so like things like that, where it felt like a massive burden, it just relieved the burden and it gave me a chance to think about what can I do with my life? I was so anxious and, and then I wasn't anxious because of all the stuff that you taught me and you made me realise that in life you have like peaks and then you have a gift and then also you're not always going to be at your highest highs, you're not always going to be in the most amazing parts of your life, you're going to have problems and challenges and that will drop you down to like a level that you were struggling with before but that level is always going to be a lot higher than your lowest ever moments in your life and it's how you realize that you've you've made change you've you've developed in your life you've learned about how to deal with emotions that you can keep reflecting on your new darkest moments on how to become stronger even stronger than you were before it's like you're going up a mountain and you're starting from rock bottom and me at rock bottom was contemplating going out into a field and just ending it because I just felt like I couldn't deal with anything and then you giving me that hope that I can actually be the person who I didn't see I didn't see that I could be who I am today I just thought that I'd just be like just leaving every every single problem to one side knowing that deep down it's eating me it's eating, I, I couldn't deal with it but I just tried to shove it to one side and not talk to anyone but then getting the help from you with how to deal with everything and getting the lessons, it would give me the chance to realise, like, metaphorically, I'm climbing a mountain from rock bottom, and at the top of that mountain, you're going to see a slope. You, you're bound to see a slope, because that's the new challenges that you've developed from being at the peak of the old mountain. And now you go into a slope, but at the bottom of that slope, you're still not, you, you're not going down to rock bottom. You're still on your own pedestal. And now you're just going to keep getting higher and higher each day. And that really helped me because now I wouldn't, without the help 
that you're giving me week in, week out and making me realise it was right there, but I just couldn't realise it. And then when soon as you hear it, you're like, how am I so stupid not thinking that? Like, it isn't the end of the world and I can do so much more with life. There's going to be so much more harder things that you're going to deal with in life. But just because they're challenging doesn't mean that you the world's going to end. As long as you apply yourself and as long as I knew that I was giving giving it my all, there's no problem. There's, there's no bad things that could come from that because you, you it's not like you're doing anything bad. You, you're literally getting rid of all your negativity and you're harnessing your positivity to become the best person that you could possibly be. And from all that change that you gave me to how to develop and understand change, it made me realise that, for example, the stuff that I ended up taking up, I ended up taking football. I didn't think in any stretch of the imagination that I'd be doing football. I used to look at football and think, I hate football. My dad's forcing me to do football. I don't want to do football. And he wasn't even forcing me to do football. I'd be like, Tyler, do you want to do football? I'm like, no, I didn't suddenly deflect from it because I just didn't want to do any sort of exercise or any activity. And then having all these things that you talked to me about, it gave me the confidence to put myself out of my comfort zone, to start football, start thinking about when I'm going to get a job. That helped. It helped me loads for going into college, just before college in year 11, being able to think that I need to get a job. But before it seemed so daunting, I wouldn't even think about it. But then having the opportunities that I've had, it made me think, well, let's just get my head down. Let's see let's see what jobs are out there. And as soon as my mum started showing me what jobs I could do and how I had an offer that I could go and work at a paintball range, I had never thought I'd do anything with paintball in my life. And now I've been working at a paintball range for a year. I've seen the ins and outs of it. And it's like, it, it just seems so surreal because you don't realise the challenges that you're going to face. And yes, they're harder sometimes. And yes, they're easier sometimes because of how you've dealt with previous challenges. But you, you develop so much from being taught how to understand your emotions and how to deal with stuff. Because you just you just develop as a character. You, you you end up being able to think, I'm, I'm, I'm like ranting here, but like, it's made me so much more enthusiastic about getting up and doing certain things. Like, I wouldn't be able to get up some days. My paper round, doing it on Saturdays and Sundays, I would do it two days in the weekend. And the reason I'd be able to have enough energy to do that was because I, I was just thinking of the positives. Now looking back at it, I was like, I am absolutely crazy for doing both my Saturdays and Sundays at seven o'clock and waking up at half six uh, doing a paper round. But yeah, you, it inspired me to do a paper round. And I'd never thought of doing a paper round before. I'd never thought of getting actual any money, like doing something on top of school because I thought school was such a burden. So let me come to mom. Josie, how proud are you of this amazing young man? <laughs> um so proud TJ yeah so proud and I think it was all about the timing at the end of the day and every time he came in on a session with you you could just see that growth in him and even now you still you you just still <laughs> growing from all that support that TJ gave you like you don't even question things now he came to one of my networking meetings and stood in for his boss yeah. and he got the script that was emailed to him. Now, if 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 that would have been Tyler three years ago, 
it'd have been like, no, no. But he was just like, yeah, mum, no problem. He got the script, he came, held your own, didn't he? And I everybody. I had the realisation after you told me that, okay, that well, then maybe this was a stupid idea that they send in a 16-year-old to fill in for a person who, like... <laughs> Who's the, yeah, the entrepreneur of the, of, yeah. But then I realised, obviously, I could just deal with my emotions and deal with, think about it in a positive way. So that's yeah. why I did it. And he did really well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you were just, everybody was like, wow. And they couldn't believe at the time that you were 16. Yeah. Incredibly proud, TJ. And it's, you know, and it is genuinely, genuinely all down to your... Um, your help and support and the programme that he was on. You and your husband came and had a session so I could teach some of the stuff to you to support what I've been working with Tyler with. So how did that affect you as a family? We um, we talk a lot more, don't we? We know straight away that if you're quiet, we know that there's something wrong. And so we'll always, always... We've, we've done it time and time again. We even still do it now, don't we? We just stop. It's usually dinner time. We just stop. You've been a little bit wobbly. Isn't it like and we just. Coca yeah, yeah, we have like a Coke five minutes downtime, Coke, Coke and chat, Coca Cola and chat. Um, and even for me and my husband, for me and Kieran, it was the love languages and it enabled us to understand how Tyler loves, how I love, how Alfie loves, and how Kieran loves. And all four of us are different. And so sometimes that could have been, that was a clash. So for us, even us within our relationship, that's, um, you know, that's, we've taken that away from the coaching for our relationship because we've been together for a long time. And, you know, that's a roller coaster journey in itself, especially when you have to live with a mad hot Sicilian and a crazy Viking husband. So, you know, biggest clashes ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we just, we just talk, don't we? We talk a lot more. And we'll always say, Whenever he's having a wobble, right, think about TJ. Yeah. Think about, and then how many times always, do I go? They always say it. They always and, um, say they're, it. They're, I, think, I think I might have even messaged you one time, say, oh, any chance you could just have a word with him and just remind him, you know. But, um, but I'll, you know, there's been many times I've gone, do you want to speak to you? Do you want, do you need tea? You know, um, but you're like, no, I've got this. I've got this. And, you you know, you kind of work your way through it, don't you? But as a family, I'd say it, it, Helped us massively, massively. Didn't we, were, we were just clashing all the time. Yeah, and we didn't understand. Well, we understand something was wrong, but we didn't want to acknowledge that. Did we? we just thought this is every single family. Yeah, yeah, and we still have we still have moments, don't we? Yeah, we'll it's talk. normal. It's normal. Yeah, but we just talk through it more, don't we? Yeah, we try to rationalise it, or and we know to leave you alone, or you know we'll bring it back to owning your truth, and you'll. Mum, I'm just owning my truth. If you say that one more time, Tyler. <laughs> I actually acknowledge now when I'm wrong because I know that sometimes you need to realise what, what you're doing wrong in order for it to be positive, you know? Yeah. Like in the future, if I know that mum doesn't like a certain thing that I do and it's easy for me to change, I'll just change it now. Whereas before I'd be like, no, no, my world's ending. I'm not doing this. You know? I, would never, I would never want to change it. No, I'm not change like habits, for example. Um, now that I've got so many things that I do outside of school, like I need to like be doing my chores on the bounce because I think you'll end up asking me to do chores, but I'll be doing other stuff. So it's like habits of getting into doing too much. I, I feel like I'm at, no, I just feel like I'm just you know you like me slave doing chores. <laughs> it's like before, <laughs> before my mum would be like Tyler, 
do the dishes and I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. Why, why do I need to do the dishes? What is that going to do for me? Now I come home and I do the dishes straight away because it's like, for me, it's kind of therapeutic now. I've kind of realised it's okay, but that. otherwise I'll be end up doing 50 million other things, you know? But like, it's stuff like that because I know the, the younger Tyler would have seen the chores as just another challenge. But it's not really a challenge. It's, it's just dishes, mate. I was talking about this on a podcast maybe two episodes ago in terms of chores are not about chores. Chores are about being responsible within your family, everybody mm-hmm. playing their part. But it's, it, it, but it's um, an opportunity for you as parents to have some rules and structure in the house. And you as young people... Um, knowing that sometimes things have just got to be done and you might not feel like it and you might not want to, but it's the right thing to do and you're taking that responsibility. And it's building the internal self-discipline that is going to be so important as you move through life, through education, through having to sit through exams and revise and you don't want to, but you know it's the right thing to do. To set you up as a responsible wonderful human being for the future in a workplace in your own business if you choose to to have that internal structure and discipline is just so so key so i'm loving the fact that you find it find it therapeutic to do the dishes there's only certain dishes that really do my head in and that's like the ones that mum uses for baking. That that's where that's where I hold like draw the line. I'm not I'm not dealing with the baking ones because they're just they're just a massive faff. But like normal plates, very therapeutic. Big plates, small plates, bowls, glasses. Yeah. So I love that. So what advice? Let me come to maybe Tyler first, and then you, Josie. What advice would you give to? Anybody listening right now that has maybe found themselves in a similar situation, same but different, and I'm just kind of like, mm, I don't know that I can tell anybody about it, or, you know, I'm a bit afraid to ask for help in case, like, what will they think? What What would your advice be to, or Tyler, for anybody your age, you know, can your age range that's got themselves in a bit of a ditch? The most important advice is to just give it a try, because the the, the kind of mindset that I've got from it is that, you miss 100% of the chances that you don't take. Your mindset and your mental health will just benefit so much because you're getting that guidance and you're understanding what you do need to worry about and what you don't need to worry about and how you should always think positively, even in the darkest of times. Because if you keep thinking negatively, it's just going to eat you up. And as someone who's been down, down that path of thinking that everything's just horrible and nothing's going to get better you just see at the end of it that there's there's light at the end of the tunnel and the tunnel ends sooner than you think so you're in that light for as long as you want after you've left i would say be patient and just be conscious that you know you might be getting your your child might be saying to you that they're okay and they don't want any help and support and it's just been it's just um, you know, just being there for them, be open with your children and just, you know, and just offer them that opportunity with absolutely no pressure and that it, it you know, it can only be a good thing and not a bad thing. And most definitely for Tyler, it was life changing. And I can't, I can't say any more than the fact that, it, you know, he is 
he's a he was a new person from it we were all a new family from it and um just be patient and if you you can take on that opportunity to support your child and offer him your support tj it it's just you've got to do it it's you know it's going to be invaluable for your child now you know and in the future so yeah i would say be patient wait for the right time but don't hesitate you know because it, it's just life-changing for you your child it really really is thank you so much for coming and spending the time and just talking and sharing and being really honest and really vulnerable and really inspiring as well thank you for having us we can't thank you enough we're all you're you're mentioned most weeks in the past yeah even after all this time so yeah no we can't thank you enough thank you i told you it's going to be inspiring didn't I what an amazing young man is that how proud is is his mum of him how proud am I of them both (laughs) what a brilliant brilliant interview thoroughly enjoyed every minute of that whole getting together and catching up with them and uh, I am trusting that you thoroughly enjoyed it as well So if you have any questions or you want to find out more about family coaching and uh, the Ignition programme, then do please get in touch. If you have questions or comments or distinctions or you just want to tell us how brilliant that was to listen to, then do get in touch. You can reach us at www.backontrackteens.com and connect with us through there. Or you can email me directly, tj at backontrackteens.com. That's T-J-T-W-E-J-A-Y at backontrackteens.com. So do give us a like if you enjoyed that episode. Uh, do give us uh, a shout out to your friends to listen to. And uh, do go and be the most amazing version of you that you can be. Oh, I love about Tyler. Let me leave you with this thought after the interview had concluded. And his mum, bless her, was just so touched by so um, how inspiring he was. And he said to her, remember, mum, it doesn't matter how dark the storm, there's always rainbows. How cool is that? So let me wish you a week full of rainbows and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye for now. Stay amazing. <laughs>